Hello and welcome to series two of my DIY handbook. If you just discovered me and this podcast, welcome along. And if you've been rocking with us since series one, then welcome back. This podcast is for the creative, the freelancer, the entrepreneur, those who have ideas that they want to get off the ground. I'm a DJ, broadcaster and label owner, and I've been working in the music industry for over 10 years. And this podcast is all about me sharing what I've learned so far and continue to learn. So hopefully it will help and equip you for what may come on your journey to your dream career. In series two, we'll be exploring rejection, money, well-being, contracts, value and more. I'll be joined by a variety of guests who I admire, some who've been on a similar journey and some who are bona fide experts in those challenging areas. So I hope you enjoy our conversations and you can take away gems of advice and food for thought. If any of these episodes resonate with you, then feel free to get in touch. Give us a follow on Instagram, DIY underscore handbook underscore, or follow me directly at Jams Supernova. All right, let's dive in. I hope you don't mind if in this episode I get a little bit more vulnerable with you. I want to share the story of my relationship with my partner. We've been together for almost seven years and we got together just as my career was taking off. He is a massive part of my story and I wanted to revisit our journey, the bumps in the road, the impact that we've had on one another and to compare notes. Does he see it the way that I see it? You're about to find out. This is how we've made it work while chasing our dreams. So in the last season, we looked at friendship, when work friends become your best friends. Now, with this season, I've loved actually relating some of the previous topics to new topics going forward. And I thought what would be really nice is in this episode is looking at love and the relationship of love. How do you make a relationship work whilst you're chasing your dreams? Um, The balancing act of love and a career. And uh, who better to talk to than my actual partner, Sam? Sam, interface. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Jamila. Jam Supernova. <laughs> um, it is a weird one. I think this is going to be the hardest episode um, for me to do because I think it's the most personal episode. Mm. It's a strange one to to really talk about your your love life. It's one thing to share pictures on on Instagram and things like that. It's another thing to actually sort of um, talk it through and with the person in question as well. You're telling me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So I'll try not to be too controlling, <clears throat> wink, wink, <laughs> um, but I'm looking forward to this, to this candid conversation. Um, so I, I guess the first part is um, we should start off with Sam, what, what do you do? How do you describe what you do in, in your work career? Um, my work career, I guess I am a, first and foremost, a music producer and engineer, I guess stroke artist stroke creative stroke record label owner basically i work in the music industry Uh, music is my passion especially um music technology and being in the studio and um i do whatever i can to sustain myself uh living um with my hobby Mm. as as my job yeah what's so crazy and maybe weird to some people is that i was a fan of you before I got with you which I feel like in a in another world might not have worked so I remember you were part of a duo called Just Now and um, you made really forward-thinking um, club music which was inspired by the sounds of, of Trinidad in the Caribbean uh, with your Trinidadian um, co-producer and I remember being on Represent Radio which was the youth station I was on at the time and um, I would steal music from Mr. Jam, whatever he played. I would like play it then, you know, the following week on, on my show, whatever I could Mr. get Jam, my hands on. He used to support us a lot. Yeah, he did. And, and I remember playing you guys and thinking, wow, you know, this is such cool music. Like this is really, really, really interesting. So I was always aware of, of you musically and a fan of you musically. I didn't know you, what you looked like, but I was aware of just now. And then I started working on a radio show with um, Todd T. I was producing his Radio 1 show and again, those worlds collided. He played a lot of music that was inspired by the Caribbean but with a UK twist on it. Um, so you would then often every year come on his show to represent Carnival, right? Yeah, I guess 
every, I don't know about every year, but a few, t- like at least two or three times, didn't we? we I mean, it's quite when, a lot. When you were working, yeah. <laughs> it was an annual thing, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that is how we first met, really, is, um, you know, in terms of actually meeting in person was through Toddler's show on Radio 1. It would be 1am um, the, the Thursday before Carnival, a couple of Thursdays before Carnival. Um and what I what I find so funny is that I actually don't remember you from the first couple of years. <laughs> um, but I do remember the third time you came on the show, um, we got you guys all dressed up in feathers, <laughs> feathers and boas <laughs> for carnival. Um, and that year I remember you because then you added me on Facebook after. Oh, was big that, up Facebook. Was that a slight move or was it? Because I just thought of it, oh, God, he's going to send me loads of music now. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think it was like a, at that time, like a, in a romantic sense. From my head, it was just kind of like, oh, there's Jamila from Toddler's Show. She's cool. I'm gonna add her. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I don't know my mindset about then. <laughs> I think it was. I'm gonna send her lots of music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was that. I definitely didn't see it as anything. Um, um, sort of more romantic I didn't see it as that I just thought yeah he's gonna he's gonna send me music because then I then I had become the producer you know so I, yeah. I had a I had a bit more authority um mm. around these parts of town um but when we actually got together this is how we got together so we'd had these obviously meeting sort oh, of gosh. friends of friends um but we got together at a great festival it was my first ever festival playing at a festival called Bestival, which was um, um, founded by Rob DeBank. And Great it was on festival. the, oh, it was so good. On the Isle of Wight, you travel there by boat, you know, you, it's a it's a weekend full of debauchery and great music and, and being on an island, really, is kind of what it feels like. Um, and we had a lot of friendship, all of our friendship groups kind of melded together. I'd gone with my cousin and one of my best friends and we were, I was 20, 23, uh, about to turn 24, like living my absolute, like, best life um everything there was for the first time DJing for the first time partying in certain ways for the first time and I just loved it um and I just remember you trying to dance with me or on me wine on me in a Caribbean way to disco which I thought was very strange yeah I don't actually remember that and I always find this uh, story quite uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) it's what happened it's what happened you tried to wine on me to disco Um, Um, my only vague recollection of that night is yeah maybe either Kerwin (laughs) don't blame him (laughs) or Slick Don I think we were with Slick Don as well an MC from Birmingham MC from Birmingham um both both of them very kind of flirty men i would say and <laughs> and i feel like they were kind of egging me on to uh flirt with you shall we say and uh one of them was anyway like it was very hazy night there's not a lot of recollection of, of it from my end and that's my main memory and then the next thing i remember we were maybe like walking through the fields together hand in hand <laughs> yeah yeah and then um yeah and then I guess the kind of after that the rest the rest is kind of kind of history um yeah we we started to date after that so it was um yeah, quite sporadically I think wasn't it like after that I probably didn't see you again for a month or two no because you were living in in Bristol and I was living in London um but up until that point I had been kind of really like anti sort of being with anyone in the music industry, I think I had thought that maybe it wasn't like professional to sort of, I guess, like shit where you eat and, you know, if you shit where you eat enough times and people know each other, it's quite a small industry. So I think I had been quite hesitant about, um, yeah, just about kind of being mindful of 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 of, of getting with anyone ser- seriously uh, in music. And I just wondered as a male, was that something that would have crossed your mind at any point? Not with me, um, but in general. No. I mean, I'm sure it crossed my mind, but I always felt the, the other way. Like I always felt like I was so obsessed with music that probably the only woman that would understand me was someone who was involved as well, or at least like a creative and, you know, a workaholic. Because, yeah... Um, it's it's 
it's more than a full time job. This this mm. music game. It's kind of it's it's, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's all consuming. It really it really is. And I think when you love what you do so much, and what you do is an extension of you and your personality, then it is very hard to separate the mm. man or woman. Um, from the music but I think before I met you as well my my work life balance was probably unhealthy like to the point where yeah I remember someone asking me do you have any hobbies and I was like I just do music <laughs> like all day long like that's all I cared about and you know, to the point where it's probably detrimental to some relation, you know, friendships, relationships, um, lifestyle, mental health. Like, it was like, yeah, completely music over everything. Mm. I think that, that what, what kind of made me open to the fact that you were someone in music was one something that someone has said to me and they were like, I don't know where you think you're going to meet anyone else. <laughs> like, <laughs> all you do is work and you're here, you know, in radio eight hours a day. When you're not in radio, you're in the club or at a festival um, or at a live gig. So I don't know where you think you're going to meet uh, a guy that's not in, in music. You need to go and start hanging out at your local Weatherspoons if that's the case. Um <laughs> So that was kind of like, and he was like, and it's not, and it, and it was coming from a, a male as well. And he was like, it's not, and it's not, why is it such a bad thing? Maybe he had a similar sort of viewpoint to, to you about having a shared love and a, and a shared passion. Um, yeah, and I, I just think like conversation wise as well, so much, so much of what we talk about. I think that's, that's probably where our friendship and relationship grew. Like after that initial festival meetup, that could have, quite easily been like a, a, Flash one, in the pan. a one night thing but then we started texting and you were like sending me your radio shows and I listened to them and I was like wow there's loads of music I haven't heard before and it, there's like yeah it it made me whereas but I think at that, that time when we met I was kind of quite let's say quite free like uh, I I was at a point in my music career where things were going really well, I was really busy and I was getting attention here and there and I was, I was enjoying myself and, and I'd quite easily just not, you know, like maybe move. Yeah. Not really. If I met someone that was cool, it would take quite a lot for me to kind of keep pursuing it. But I think our, our kind of, messages over text or facebook message or however we were talking back then but like we're in you know i was interested in you because we shared the same interests and we're putting each other onto new music and um yeah i think yeah like i said the, the music industry is different to other things in that it's generally people involved in it are quite obsessed with music it's it's a big part of our lives and and that's that that helps make things work in a mm. relationship i think i think that definitely helped when it came to the idea of dating or being with a producer um because like you said um you know it's all consuming and 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 a producer's hours are never and are never really done you know there's this thing they talk about like being locked in so like sam might say he's coming home in an hour then you might get locked into something so that might turn into four hours um and that is but something to me that, that feels like about 20 minutes yeah because you've been locked in and you've just lost all time they, all, 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 all they call it the flow time. state they call it the flow state <laughs> um but that never bothered me and it never bothered me about messaging either if i didn't hear from you for a while it didn't really bother me because i was focusing on on my own thing and i could easily quite often get into the flow state myself and I think we had quite similar um, like working hours and that I would work late because I'd be doing stuff in the daytime, sort of making money when it came to my own career. I'd be working and hustling on that sort of late at night. So being with someone that kind of had had that similar work ethic or being around or getting to know someone that had that similar work ethic um, worked for me, you know, in a selfish way. It worked for me. 
Did you ever have any relationships prior when people were maybe found it difficult how much time you spent in the studio? Oh, yeah. Yeah, all of them. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's why I'm still standing just about. (laughs) All of them. Not that I had loads, but um, Mm. yeah, you know, I think it's always a point of contention that, you know, I think I probably did love making music more than the other previous relationships. I remember being in the smoking area and there was a, a girl, a fellow, a fellow producer wag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't remember whose who's wag she was, but um, I think she kind of made like, make it like a, maybe a sly dig at her partner and, oh, he loves music more than me or, you know, something like that. Oh, God, he's always in the studio. Like, I just don't get it. It's like he doesn't want to spend time with me. And I was kind of thinking like, Ah, this is like this is not going to work. This is this is not going to work. If, if he probably does love music more than you in a way, not in or in a way that's not comparable. Maybe you can't compare the two of mm, how he feels diff- about music or she feels about music and how and you wanting them to be home. But I was thinking this won't work. Mm, it's a different kind of love. A different kind of love, we've, <laughs> as we've established. <laughs> what were the sacrifices maybe that you felt on the other side? Because it's obviously very easy to be like, the man does the producing and the woman is the one at home waiting, but obviously that's not always the case. So you being with a radio broadcaster, what were some of the sacrifices or things that you noticed that the relationship would have to maybe suffer? Yeah, lots, I think. I think... Um, the weekends thing, definitely hard, like, especially when it came to like family functions or weddings and things like that. Quite often you couldn't come because you're busy. Or I'd have um, to leave at ridiculous o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Or, or yeah. And even like, if we do go out to something at, on the weekend, yeah, we have to get back and then wake up really early to get you to work and... Yeah, that that's never easy. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of other people with weekend jobs who have the same problems. I don't know, but specific to radio, I guess as you've got, uh, as you've grown in your career, it's you know, I now I now have a partner who's well known, and um, and when we're walking around places, especially like music festivals and stuff, we have to stop you know, people talk to you and and say how much they love your radio show which is nice but can also be it can hold things up if you're trying to get to a particular <laughs> show or whatever well, it was a minor sacrifice for a little bit of love honey you know yeah. <laughs> you're like come on we've got to get to this stage <laughs> and then you always make it awkward because then then you're like fan love in my Damn. ear and then i don't know how to i don't want them to look back and see me smiling or think that i'm talking about them i'm like how do i um compose myself (laughs) um i i have to bring up a memory that i have i wasn't gonna bring this up but i I think this kind of actually falls into the weekend and always working on weekends and always probably being a little bit um tired on the weekends so we were sort of in the dating phase and i had invited you over um you were in london you happened to be in london doing a gig and i had invited you over so no doubt i probably had had work in the day um on the weekend and I came home and I thought right quick I'm gonna tidy the flat um then I'm gonna go to the shop and get a bottle of wine um I did all those things Mm. and um you were playing a gig so you were going to be coming over a little bit later maybe like you know 1am 1am ish I'd say I lived in an area called Penge in southeast London which you probably wouldn't know unless you know southeast London um, you're from Bristol. I invited you to Penge. This is the first time. This yeah. is the first time, yeah. The first time. Lo and behold, I don't know, really know what happened. I think I said to myself, I'm just going to lie on the bed for a second, just whilst mm. I wait. At this point, at this point, I've texted you. I'm in my cab on the way from, I think I was in Brixton at the time, doing a gig somewhere. And in the cab, going to this weird place in the edge of the London suburbia (laughs) called Penge (laughs) and uh, yeah I get out my phone's on about 3% battery at this point and um, I get to the door and uh, go to ring you and there's no answer (laughs) 
And there was never an answer. The, the, no, the, it kept never... ringing. <laughs> kept ringing and ringing. Mm-hmm. And then the phone ran out and there was four <laughs> doorbells on the door. I didn't know which flat you were in. Um, so I think I just pressed a couple of them. And then I saw, I, I was stood out at the back in the front garden and I saw um, uh, a man I now know as Andy. Upstairs Andy. Open his curtains and kind of, uh, uh, for the, yeah, give 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 me a, a kind of gesture to, to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and then off you trundled. So because... I just went and walked off into the darkness of Penge <laughs> with no mobile phone battery. No idea where I was going. I was a little, a little worried at this point. So um, I carried on walking and found myself at a cab office, uh, and they kindly let me use the phone charger at the cab office. I guess your night went from hero to zero pretty fast. Mm, yeah. Um, I had been. I I had obviously fallen asleep, which is clear. Now Sam knows that I'm a very very deep sleeper to the point of death. It, I could be dead. I'm not, I'm sleeping. Yeah, I and I woke, I woke up in the morning and I was like, literally like, you know, like the Tweety, the Tweety thing from the cartoons. And it was like little birds pulled open the curtains. The light was bright. The sun was shining. And I was like, oh my God, what a good sleep. Ah! And then I remembered, I was like, oh my goodness, Sam. Mm. And I just had this biggest panic that I obviously had fallen asleep and somehow I'd lost the whole night. And um, you... We're probably lost somewhere in Penn. Just imagined you sleeping at the outside Penn McDonald's or something, um, and I thought that was it. I've ruined it. It's, ne- it's never gonna. It's never gonna happen mm. now. Um, but I managed to salvage uh, so it. I think I thought it, that was it at that time. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Yeah, I managed to salvage it. I took you for dinner the next day, and I and I paid for it secretly, so you didn't know. Um, but yeah, I just remember that story. I just thought that, um, my friend, um, Amy, who's producing this podcast, she was like, make sure you tell that story. Um, because mm. it's, it's an important one. Um, I think that all added to the, the, the journey of our relationship though. Again, yeah, it was still quite, we were sporadically seeing each other at the time, weren't we? So kind of, yeah, it was a little, kind, a, 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 little, a, little dip. a little dip that we navigated and, uh, yeah, you redeemed yourself quite nicely. I did redeem myself. Um, I came back, and I think that paying paying for Pizza Express um, really <laughs> went really went down a treat with you, cheap date, <laughs> you cheap date you. But yeah, I guess that that was a kind of uh, like you said, it was a sort of bump in a bump in the road. And I think that kind of that goes to that balance and act of like trying to do everything on the weekend, trying to work on the weekend, trying to live on the weekend, you know, trying to love on the weekend. And and that was a point on which, yeah, I definitely wasn't able to juggle it all. Clearly my body, my body knew me better. Mm. Um, and it's something that I touched on at the beginning of the podcast was saying about, you know, not wanting to, you know, at first I was hesitant about being with someone in the industry because it can be quite a small industry. Um, so I wanted to bring up a time where the industry might have felt small to you. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're going to be happy with me revealing this story. Okay. Um, so this was another bump, an, an early bump in the road. Um we had just spent New Year's together, so we're still sort of dating, courting now. We're not quite like, you know, official yet, but we just spent New Year's together. I'd been to Bristol, you know, early for the first time. I'm loving Bristol. Bristol's amazing. It's a great party city. Um, and then um, a couple of days after that, you have a gig in Manchester. And what happened, Oh, gosh, Sam? you're going there, I'm you? going there. <laughs> Um, so after New Year's, we had a really fun New Year's together. Um, Sam went to Manchester. I remember, he's in his free state. He's in his fun state. He's, li- he's living his best life. I was just due to fly out, basically go on tour for three months. Mm-hmm. I was going to Brazil. At, well, yeah, I was going to Brazil and then I was going to go and work in Trinidad for two months. Yeah, and this was like, I guess, if we'd we'd kind of first started dating around September and this was now New Year's Eve yeah and okay you, and, and you were kind of just saying yeah I guess I think I was no I think I had a gig in India or maybe I just got back who knows but I had a lot going on I was going to be away for a long time mm. a quarter of a year okay and you you basically just said well you know do what you want <laughs> 
don't quite remember saying in those words. Maybe I had loosely alluded to do what you want. Um, don't know if I really quite meant it in that way. Um, but you took it literally. And um, you had a gig in Manchester. And at this gig in Manchester, you met a lovely young lady who you, you know, um, kind of hooked up hooked up with. But what, what you did was you told me about the hookup. Yeah, for some reason, I think I just got paranoid and think you, thought you knew. I thought you had some spies in Manchester. <laughs> Sam thought my best friend Katura was in the club. He thought, that, <laughs> and this is what I mean when the music industry or any industry that you're working can feel quite small. For some reason, out of nowhere, he plucked out this thing that my best friend Katura was in the club and she had seen him with this girl and she had come back to tell me. So you just thought I knew, so you told me. But I think you also, th- I I said that off the back of you saying like something like it's not going to work or something like that. We should maybe just leave it there when I was just about to go off for three months, basically. So you're trying to I wolf- can't remember what exactly you- what you said. <laughs> Were you trying obviously. to wolf? What's that wolf thing that they do in, um, in New Girl? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like, what's, it, what's it called when, they try, like, when you try to wolfgang someone, you're like, no, go, don't look back. I'm a bad person, don't come back. So you basically... <laughs> <laughs> you tried to do that. I was cc No, I think I felt Schmitt. really bad because I was kind of upset that I was like, oh, I thought, you know, at this point, I, I guess I had feelings for you. I guess you did. And, uh, and um, I felt suddenly felt really guilty and I just thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to throw my cards on the table. Because <laughs> Katura was in the club, she wasn't. I don't know. Yeah, that that was going on in my mind. It's like somehow she knows. I she didn't knows. Know. <laughs> but anyway, we got over that, um, and and yeah. I actually, you were away for a quarter of the year, and I actually came out to join you on one of your trips, and I think that was kind of like the beginning and the basis. Oh, That's so where we became official, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So there's definitely kind of like it's it's, it's interesting because that that could have rocked you know thoughts around. Um, around I guess trust um and I think that definitely um in the jobs that we do like trust is a really important one because I have many um male friends that I meet for dinner that I hang out with um that I that I work very closely with um and you have a lot of female interaction as well whether it's with 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 people coming to your studio whether it's artists that you're working with um, whether it's dancers that you're you're having on tour with you, um, trust trust is a big thing. Do you think that you always had trust in me, or did you have to develop it? Um, I think I'm quite a trusting person. I, I think I give people the benefit of the doubt until until they break that trust. Maybe sometimes I can be too trusting. I don't know, but I think I think when you're in a relationship with someone, then you have to trust them. Otherwise, there's no point. Like, especially especially when you've got to the point where you said, all right, you know, obviously, as as we were just talking about, there are, there's points before, you know, you you sign that exclusive contract where there's a bit of like, um, yeah, you just don't really want to know what else is going on behind it and you're not sure. Um, but yeah, once you've made a commitment to someone, I think you've got to trust them. Mm-hmm. I think I was quite cynical um, ar- around trust before I met you and I just never really believed. I think I was more cynical, not just about trust, but more cynical about men in general. Um, even though I had had good examples of men around me and good relationship examples of men around me from parents and things like that. But I think for some reason, maybe the TV and the literature and the... and and maybe what I'd seen as a teenager sort of around me had made me like not very trusting in men. And I remember when we did get together, um, we were doing like a long, long distance relationship. But every time you'd get in the shower, I would go through your phone. Every time? Yeah, every time. And I yeah. basically worked my way back for a year of text messages. And I basically... Absolute shocking behaviour. I mean, yeah, it was. But it became quite addictive. 
So you'd go in the shower, you know, this was over the course of maybe a few I weeks. I thought it was just once. No, it went pretty They're deep. All, it's all coming out <laughs> it's now. All coming it's out all now. coming out now. You're vulnerable, I'm vulnerable. But yeah, I went back I went back pretty far. I went back a year's worth of your text messages and found, and found something that I didn't like, obviously, because you would. It was about a time that we weren't together. Um, but I took it upon myself to be angry about it. And I think I brought it up to you. And your response really made me feel really uh immature and stupid and sheepish and embarrassed for having gone on this quest to dig dirt on you <laughs> um and you were just kind of like you just looked really hurt you were like you've been yeah. going from you went from my phone i was like yeah of course i did yeah you know giving it the big <laughs> yeah yeah i did and then you're like why Oh, but, you know, and I'm like, because people can't be trusted or, you know, in defensive mode. And you were like, well, then what's the point in being together if you're not, if you're not going to trust me? Like, that's, that's not cool. And I think you were so calm and, and hurt, genuinely hurt about it, that it made me feel really, really stupid and, 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 a, bad pers- and a bad person. And that was a real lesson. And I'd never gone through your phone again. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> no, I literally, I have never, I would never, like, just out of that sheer feeling of how shitty I felt about it, I would, I would actually, like, never, ever, um, never, ever go through your phone again. I think that's something that I, I just, I, I wouldn't want to feel that shitty again in terms of making, or, or making someone else feel that shitty either. So I think um, I'm at a place that you're at now, which is, like, trusting, trusting, just trusting Mm. tell me about a time that we have um benefited or enhanced each other's careers because i guess a lot of what we do intertwines and we also talk about a lot of things together as well um i don't know there's things every day isn't there i think i'm constantly learning from you i feel like at the beginning of our relationship i was kind of mentoring you a lot more i would say like Mm -hmm. like i remember you had a situation where you were in management and you're telling me about your management situation and i and i was kind of like i'm not sure if yeah this is really right for you it doesn't really you know basically yeah i felt like you were you you were in a bad situation really and and I feel like I was able to use my experience to kind of push you in the right direction on a few things like that early in your career. Mm-hmm. And as as you've grown and gone on, there's... And, yeah, to this formidable businesswoman that you are today, um, I think there's loads that I learn off of you um, all the time, all the time, like, with regards to how you how you run your label. I mean... I started my record label before you did, but yeah, there's loads of things that I think have helped me grow my label after watching you do your record label. Well, I wouldn't have started my label unless I'd seen you start your label. And mm. I was so inspired by you starting your label and what you achieved in the in the two years that I was like, I just have to go for it, you know, um, and, and do it. And I think I would have, if I hadn't have seen you up close running your label... I would have kept on putting off doing a label myself, but watching you, I was like, wow. And I definitely think you as a DJ, obviously, like I said, I was already a fan of you as a producer and, and a fan of you as a DJ as well. I loved, I love watching you DJ. Like you are my favorite DJ. You annoy me when we practice together, but actually like technically, <laughs> <laughs> technically you're one of my favorite DJs. You're so carefree with it. You have so much fun with it and you are, are really, are really talented at the way that you DJ. And I've always wanted Shucks. to be as good as you. Um, and so there's elements of watching you DJ that I then sort of go and take. So there's def- there has there has been that sort of like I guess um, that that mentoring in different ways and the ebbs and flows and 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 for you you'd be kind of like trying to tell me like not to take DJing so seriously when I when I have a gig that hasn't gone well or I've clanged it out or you know I'm getting caught up in and making a mix and 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 trying to be a perfectionist like you kind of remind me that it's meant to be fun and I need to have fun with it um, and sort of. And sort of take that that pressure off. Um, and something else I really think in hindsight was good to see up close with you 
which I, I don't know how you would how you would think about it was actually seeing your peaks and troughs. Mm-hmm. I saw you when I got with you at the beginning. You were like you said, and you were in 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 a stride of of DJing and producing with your with your band just now. Um, and during our relationship, that side of things has kind of sort of you know moved on, and then you've had other peaks and troughs in in other areas, mm. and proper quite big troughs, I think, at points where I've been, yeah, I guess a bit depressed and not knowing what to do with my career. Um, you know, like the music industry is is it. it is a tough it's a tough space to navigate sometimes I think especially um, around that time where I just moved to London to live with you I just turned 30 and um, definitely it was I guess the first major trough in my music career um, whereby I think we just split up with our management as just now and uh, we may be we maybe written an album together that that we were hoping to kind of get a deal for and we couldn't get a deal for it and then everything seemed to just fall apart and suddenly I just felt a bit old and irrelevant and felt like maybe this was it and that I needed to get a real job and and yeah I was broke and didn't really know where to go and you know like you pick yourself back up and you go back to the drawing board and I guess reinvent yourself and start a new project and and you know I started my label around that time and um, started working with a lot of younger artists and found new inspiration in, in being in London and being around all these new people and made new friends and um, yeah and gradually built myself back up again and and yeah you got I think especially as a music producer you've got to keep doing that like there's you know like you're hot one minute and and, and then you're not and and you know the music industry is very fickle and, you, and but if 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 you love what you do and you keep doing it and you do it for the right reasons I think um your times will come around it's it, it's cyclical and uh that's something I definitely know now as I'm a bit older and wiser. And I guess your priorities in life change as well. Like, I, I definitely know now that I don't want to be DJing in a club or at a festival every weekend. I, I still enjoy DJing and I'd like, I, I'd like, I like to be able to pick and choose good gigs when they come along. But I think what I really love is being in the studio and, and that might not be being in the studio for me. It might be helping other people get their music sounding good or and and kind of mentoring younger artists um and help them not make mistakes that I did when I was younger probably gone off on a bit of a tangent there but no I think it's inspiring to hear because on the other side of things I saw the reinvention and I see through through a producer how many lives in this in this game you can have you know you keep on pivot you change this you tweak that you 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 do this you find inspiration in 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 this and that and I thought like that's what make you made me believe that it can be a long, a longer lasting career, and it doesn't have to be this one peak, and that's the end. That's the end of it. But how did you, I guess, balance being in a trough, trying to get yourself out, and still being in a relationship? Because I've often known men in that situation when they're not feeling their best, when they are suffering, sort of maybe on a mental health scale have often found it hard to be in relationships and, and can shut down. So how did you think you were able to get yourself out? I think you were quite tough love with it. You were like, <laughs> <laughs> you were like, you need to, yeah, get off your ass, go and have some meetings, go and like get out there. And, 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 you know, I remember, I remember you saying, yeah, you should, you know, you should, you should have a, go and, go and have a coffee with this person. I was like, and at the time I was like, oh, I don't I don't, Go for coffee? What? I'm a producer. Can't my manager do that? And then, and, but um, yeah, I think that's another thing you've made me realise is yeah, you've got to kind of get out there and and put yourself about the you know it's just the city we live in is full of opportunities and you've got to make yourself be known. And I'm still nowhere near as good at that as you are. Still, you know, I guess I get I'm quite an 
socially anxious person. I'm not the kind of guy to work the room at a party. I'm the kind of guy to kind of stand in the corner with the <laughs> one or two people that I do know and just like um, chill. And uh, But I've definitely got better at that through being with you and kind of realised that it's really important. And uh, yeah, it's still something I'd like to be better at. Um, you know, even, even coming on this podcast is quite... Uh, <laughs> it's very uncomfortable for me to be like talking about my personal life to whoever's out there listening but um yeah i guess that's one thing where whereby you inspire me to yeah try and get out of my comfort zone a little bit more oh thank you sam um and now he loves a coffee yes yeah i think you have you have a couple meetings a month now <laughs> you do yeah, I try, yeah. Yeah, it's good. And I love I love what you do with young artists. I think that's really important. I think what you do to give back to, to young artists is, has has um it's just been incredible to watch. Um speaking of that, we actually work together quite a bit um in in our roles and often with my label I will call on you for your services with this podcast, I will call on you for your services um when it comes to getting audio in the way that I want then why would I not use the person who I'm the closest to but in that sense I also have to respect the person who is making the audio sound good whether that's through my label whether that's about the podcast and it's interesting I remember asking you to do some some masters for me for my label so making the finishing off the records basically and um I tried to under undercut you a little bit (laughs) on the on the financial side of it um and you were kind of like well no pay me pay me my rate you know you've got it pay me my rate like don't <laughs> don't, don't don't do that and we this is whilst we're in bed like you know like in the morning um conversating about these about these masters and it and it and it, and it yeah again it kind of made me think I was like oh yeah shit actually why am I why am I trying to undercut you if I was paying this rate over here? Why am I trying to undercut you over here? So I kind of had to have a little, um, you had to kind of, you know, shake, not shake me up, but, you know, give me a little pep talk as in like, and no, don't, 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 don't do that. That's not cool. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, but on your side. What have I done? Huh? I, th- I felt, <laughs> I felt that you weren't committing to the work in the same way that you would if I was a client. Uh, you didn't reply back to my emails. Um, you didn't answer me about when I could expect to receive this audio. So I then told you, whilst we were in bed, that I didn't appreciate you not treating me as a client. So then I emailed you back, um, <laughs> told you the mixes would be delivered um, within the specified time and signed the email with a kind regards. <laughs> <laughs> And made it formal as you requested, and that, that, that's how we move now with business. Requests. That's how we move. We email each other. We, we even if we, we're sat next to each other in bed. Yeah. You're sincerely jams. All the best. <laughs> <laughs> All the best jams. Um, but yeah, I think it's like having those boundaries, isn't it? Yeah. Having those boundaries in place, I think, is really important in respecting what the other person does. And if you are going to use their services or work with them. Mm. then reminding yourself to work within them in the same way that you would work with anyone else. And if I wanted to book you for a party I was doing, I would go to your agent or your manager to... to I, I might tell them, this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying them. <laughs> I, I, I've already negotiated the rate, but... <laughs> we, would, we would come to some, some, yeah, some yeah, form yeah, of yeah, agreement. Yeah. Um, but again, I've, you know, I make sure that I pay you, you know, when you DJ for me, mm. that you get paid, we do it properly, you get paid properly through, you know, you, you invoice me, I pay you, that sort of thing. Everything is kind of um, above board. How have we managed to do similar things, but not not be jealous at each other's success? Because I could have been jealous at your, you know, the success of your label. Um, yeah, I guess you could have been jealous at my... At the, my, the way I guess where, where I'm at as a DJ um, I think there's definitely points where I was jealous slightly but not but never to the point where it was an issue right in that you know in them kind of more trophy parts of times I probably was jealous of what you you know I think you you were definitely 
massively rising at that point and I probably was jealous but at the same time I was very proud because like I said I was kind of like I was mentoring you through that and that, that might have even been inspiration for where I went after that whereby I've kind of focused less on myself as a forward facing brand and more as like just someone who works behind the scenes and, and is proud of being involved in other people's music even though people might not know it. Mm, I never felt, yeah, I never felt, I never ever felt that or, or noticed that. I'm not sure if that's me being like blinkers on, but I definitely never felt it. I always felt like you were you were very supportive and um, and reminded me what a privilege it was, you know, keeping me grounded, I think maybe would be the better word. Um, you kept me grounded, reminded me what a privilege it was not to, you know, not to, not to forget that this is what I wanted or this is, you know, mm. in those moments when I'm probably moaning or bitching about it or, you know. Definitely, I still have to do that to you sometimes. Yeah, you to do. This day. You do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Um, and I've always seen all the success that you have, I guess, like from the label point of view as, as inspiration for me to go away and try it for myself or to, it's kind of keeps me on my toes, you know. Mm. And it makes it make me makes me know that it's it's possible. But I think when you are in a relationship where someone is 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 more visible, I don't think it's that I'm more successful. It's that I'm more visible mm. than you. Yeah, I guess I'd probably not thought about it like that so much. Like I guess, like we were saying before, it was never much of an issue for me to be romantically involved with someone else in the music industry. But yeah, I think. I think in any any healthy relationship, you want to be happy for someone's success. Like, mm. it's not a competition. Like, and that that can go for a romantic relationship or a friendship. Like, you if if you're truly if you truly care about someone, then you want them to be successful. It's not. It's nothing to do with your own ambitions. Like you, you know, you want the best for someone. You want them to achieve their dreams. And um, yeah, I think if if you don't feel that way, if you are getting jealous, then there's something's not right. It's not, it's not healthy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I guess to conclude, then, what would be your quick hacks to a happy relationship? What are some of the things that you think? I feel like we're going on like we're some like power guru relationship couple um i'll get to the other side of things on the other side of the question don't be trying to all right don't be trying to control this (laughs) quick hacks i don't know yeah quick hacks listen i think um take time out of work to spend time together which we still don't do enough of by the way you know we're both guilty i think we get away with it because we both love our work so much that it, it's all right, but I think I think we can both honestly say, yeah, we don't we don't spend enough time like doing, doing things together things. that's not to do with work. Mm. Um, I think as we embark on our, our our next adventure, hopefully, I think definitely that's going to change. I think, and even having a dog has helped that a little bit because we do go out for walks together although not we do tend to share the walks quite a lot as well but I guess going back to your hacks getting a dog is a great hack I think <laughs> yeah get a dog or a plant or a yeah. child that's what we're yeah, doing yeah, next. Yeah. <laughs> just um something that you can share together that's not work related yeah quality time that's the main thing isn't it quality time yeah. I got a couple um if you can afford it and you live together get a cleaner if you are working in a fast-paced job that is all consuming and you both are working in fast-paced jobs that is all consuming the last thing you want to be doing is arguing about the cleaning and who does the dishes and who does what because no two people have the same um want for a clean house so someone's always going to end up doing more we're both so quite messy say, though, aren't we yeah i'm not dirty though i'm just messy you're messy um you're more messy. Me- I th- i'd say you're more messy than me no, but two pe- two messy people shouldn't really live together. When we go abroad and go to a hotel room, it takes two minutes 
two for my minutes. suitcase to explode. Yeah, for your suitcase <laughs> to explode, and it's like, yeah, and that's it. That's the room now. That's it's chaotic, as chaotic as my yeah. brain is. But living with someone as chaotic has been a challenge. Yeah, it has. So sure. get a cleaner, because <laughs> I see myself reflected in you, and it annoys me. <laughs> why would you not pick up your socks? But why did you not pick up your socks? Ah, it's too much. So get a cleaner. Um, and a joint Monzo. I think that's really helpful. Other banks are available. A joint account, but not an account that you put like all your earnings in, that you both just contribute it to um, sort of on a monthly basis. Like you have your money, Sam. I got my money. We have our joint account. We, we both top it up at yeah. different times. We sort of like, you know, go the back to back top up. Um, and then that kind of, I think, I think... Um, deals with the day-to-day. Yeah, deals with the day-to-day. And, and, and I guess you don't get resentful about who who earns more, who earns what, who's paying for what, if someone's got the dinner for the sixth time or whatever. You don't really think about that because you're putting it all through the, through the joint account. I think that's really a really helpful one. Yeah. Um, but I'm not saying it as if we are a power couple guru and I wouldn't want someone to listen to this and think that we have this like perfect relationship because we we don't really nobody's but, perfect are they no but we're making it work and i think we're making it work of a balancing act of of of, of love and a career and i think it's it's a testament to us both that in the last you know six seven years the journeys that our careers have been on and that we managed to to stick it out and stay together has, has had a knock-on effect of each other i think i wouldn't have been able to give so much love and focus on my career if I didn't have a st- stability and mm. niceness at home. Likewise, likewise. So there you go. And I think yeah, just be. Uh, I think be around people that inspire you is is an important thing in life. Like if yeah, don't be around people that try and hold you back and stagnate you. If a toxic kind of relationships, which we've probably both been around in the past and sometimes you just got to like leave those people alone and 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 politely move on i think the world can sometimes make you think that to be successful or to have success is to have done it all on your own to have made it on your own to have been on that journey just you and then once you get there maybe you can open yourself up to having a relationship and i don't think that has to be true i think that if you want to have a relationship then it's something that you are deserving of as well. And I hope that you can find someone to support you mm. on your journey. Yeah. Thanks, Sam. No problem. No problem. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pleasure as always, my darling. <laughs> ah, that was such an interesting episode to make. I definitely... I definitely cringed, I definitely smiled, I definitely had moments when I was like, oh my god, I could cry. Um, but yeah, it's always a hard, it's hard to make something that is so personal. Um, so I really hope that, yeah, I don't want you to think of our relationship as this big old glossy thing, because it's really not, as I've said, um, sort of multiple times in the recording, and I want to just reiterate it, we have some shitty times, but I wouldn't change him for the world. Um, and one thing I loved about hearing in that conversation was just the positive impact that we've had on one another you know I think it's safe to say that our careers would not be where they are without the influence that we've had on one another and I think that's something important to to celebrate and to share Thanks for being here for this episode of the DIY Handbook. I've been Jam Supernova. And if you like what you heard, then just let me know. Leave a review, talk to me on socials, and please, please subscribe because there's more great information, stories, and advice to come in future episodes.